Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show where we are going to look over the match between Bayern Munich and VfL Bochum, who uh, this is an interesting matchup for a number of reasons, but most of those are not really involving what will be happening on the pitch. There's just a lot going on with Bayern Munich these days. But that said, they still have to play these games. And in the Bundesliga, every single match counts, as we know, because Bayern Munich spent the first three Bundesliga match days since the restart racking up draws, but has since gotten back on track. Uh, of course, that started with a win over Mainz in the day of Bay Pokal. And then Bayern was able to play Wolfsburg this week, uh, this past weekend, and capture a victory. So it looks like they have started to turn the corner. Bayern is starting to play up to that potential that I think most people know that they have. And things are starting to fall into place. Even though there are some extenuating circumstances with this particular matchup, and we will get to those in a minute, uh, it still is set up and, and Bayern Munich should be poised to come out with three more points. But like we always do when I host the preview show, let's take a look at where each of these clubs are in the Bundesliga table. Through 19 match days, Bayern Munich is sitting in first place. They have 11 wins, an astounding seven draws, and even more astounding one loss for 40 points. They have 56 goals for and 18 against. Of course, last week they beat Wolfsburg 4-2 in what was a pretty entertaining matchup, one that was filled with uh, obstacles for Bayern Munich, quite frankly. Uh, Joshua Kimmich did the team no favors by getting thrown out early in the second half. So uh, the team really did have to rally and battle back and hold off a pretty good Wolfsburg team. Uh, But it was a quality win nonetheless. Over the course of Bayern's last five matches, they have two wins and three draws. Of course, we just talked about what happened during the last match day for Bayern Munich. As for Bochum, uh, they are in a bit of a tough spot through 19 match days. They have six wins, which is actually not that bad when you when you look at some of the other teams down in this area of the table. They have one draw, which is where they're a little bit hurting, and 12 losses. Uh, the 12 losses is obviously the big problem. Uh, that gives them 19 points. Uh, that currently ties them with Hoffenheim, uh, Bochum, of course, at 15th place, Hoffenheim at 14th place. Uh, but Bochum is is really just three points ahead of VfB Stuttgart in that relegation danger zone. Uh, but Bochum did win last week. They had a 5-2 victory over Hoffenheim, which uh, pretty much caused a coaching change this week. But over the course of their last five, Bochum actually has three wins and two losses. Uh, I think one of the the bigger aspects with Bochum is, you know, they're in a position where they need to win this match. And as much as Bayern fans really think that Bayern needs to win, and, you know, Bayern is just holding a one-point edge over Union Berlin for first place in the table, Bochum is really fighting for its first-flight life. So everything matters to them. I expect a spirited effort from Bochum. But like most times when Bayern Munich plays a team in this position on the table, Bayern is going to have distinct advantage in talent and depth. Uh, Bayern is just a better team overall, so uh, I'm still going to expect Bayern to win. But let's take a look at what we think might happen in terms of in terms of Julian Nagelsmann putting together a lineup for this match. And what we do know so far 
is that Joshua Kimmich will be out serving a suspension for picking up uh, his second yellow card of the match in the second half against Wolfsburg. I, I think it was pretty silly by Kimmich. I think getting the first yellow card was completely needless the way he did it and the shove that he gave it, it it didn't need to happen and he set himself up to get carded because anything he did from that point it was going to be a risk uh Kimmich as he does sometimes lost control of his emotions and was given another yellow card and was sent off so he will not be available for this match some other important personnel news that we know at the time of this recording and of course i am recording on a wednesday at this point uh ryan gravenberg did not return to training yet at a time where he might have been in line to get some playing time uh it might be a little bit of bad luck maybe a little bit of bad karma from going to the media to complain about his playing time but he's missing a chance that he that normally might be fruitful for him when it comes to getting more time because he's injured. So uh, we don't know if Gravenberg will be back in time, but as of now, he has not returned to training, which would put his status in my mind, at least in a little bit of doubt, even with Kimmich out. Uh, Eric Maxim, Chupo Moting, and Dayo Upamakano both returned to training, which is great news. Uh, they will be ready for the match, at least it looks that way. So it will give Julian Nagelsmann some options, I think that Nagelsmann is going to get a little bit creative like he has been known to do with his formation and his personnel groupings. Uh, There are definitely some different ways he could go about forming his uh, formation and his lineup for this match. I mean, personally, like I'm fascinated every match with how he does this and what he comes up with because I can't tell. I can never predict what direction he's going to go in. And I think that this week is, is has me really kind of, you know, throwing everything into a hat and kind of picking out, but I'll give you my guess at where we're all headed with this at goalkeeper. I think we're going to stick with Jan summer. I don't see any reason why Bayern Munich would put him on the bench for a game just yet. I don't think he's fatigued. I think he's doing really well and he's, but he still does need to get, more and more acclimated with that back line. The communication does need to improve a little, and it will need to improve for the foreseeable next few weeks. Uh, It's a whole learning process with the defenders and the goalkeeper and how they interact. But I think summer is, you know, he's the consummate professional. He's doing the best that he can with it. And I think that defenders are also making a concerted effort to get on the same page as him as well. So as for those defenders, I think we are going to see, a bit of a three, four, two, one kind of setup. Uh, and this is, you know, hearkening back to Nagelsmann's RB Leipzig days. I think with the personnel he has available, Nagelsmann is going to do some odd things. And I don't, you know, no matter what graphic they put up in the Bundesliga coverage, I think it's not really going to match up with what we're going to see on the field. So I'm going to call this a three, four, two, one. I will say that Nagelsmann will return to the back three this weekend. I think he's going to have Matthijs De Ligt, Dio Upamakano, and Benjamin Pavar form that back three. I think that the club wants to give Benjamin Pavar an opportunity to play center back. I'm not so sure the club has completely closed the door on Benjamin Pavar. We did see the story this week that Inter Milan came in at the very last minute of the transfer window and wanted to make a move for Pavar. Of course, Byron said no because 
with Luca Hernandez being out with a torn ACL, Pavar's versatility, being able to shift between center back and right back. It's just incredible to have on the roster. Uh, and, and despite the fact that Byron added Jao Cancelo, uh, it didn't really matter because you're going to need some insurance in the event that anyone gets hurt. And with the way Pavar can shift seamlessly between the spots, it just makes him a valuable player to have. So I think that we will see a little bit more of him. And I wouldn't be shocked necessarily if Byron makes an effort to try and convince him to stay. And, and, you know, if for nothing else, it's that Pavar offers them the ability to play at a relatively high level at both spots, which is something that you really cannot get out of one player many times. Jao uh, Cancelo is no short thing, as much as many Bayern fans are already predicting that the club will work out a deal for him. It's no short thing that that's going to happen. So uh, even though Nusar Mizrahi is is working his way back as well into trying to get healthy, uh, there's still a lot going on, a lot of ways that the roster could play out. So it wouldn't shock me that that Bayern continues to give Pavar these opportunities because he does not only need to get his comfort level built back up with playing center back, but it could be an opportunity where if some of these personnel moves don't work out or if other players hit the skids in the second half of the season, it might not be the worst thing in the world for the club to try and retain Pavar. But that is all something we can address weeks and weeks and weeks down the line. But for now, we'll go with that back three. At the wing back positions, I think it's a given we're going to see Alfonso Davies and Joe Cancelo. Cancelo uh, right now is earning raves from just about everyone. I think he's been pretty good. I wasn't you know, so positive on his last match. Uh, you know, he does some really terrific things offensively. I think defensively, he struggles a little bit with some of the issues that Alfonso Davies has. I don't think he's a bad man on man defender. I think his positioning and the fact that he can get so aggressive offensively that he he leaves that flank open and susceptible to counters. Uh, I think that's something to keep an eye on, but uh, you know, obviously he has impressed his teammates. He's impressed the club and he's impressed a lot of fans. So I don't see him coming out of the lineup anytime soon. Alfonso Davies, uh, he's taken some heat as well. Uh, it, it has not been a banner season for Davies and I've been on this for a while. He hasn't looked right to me. Uh, something looks off in his game. His passing has not been great. His ball control has not been great. His decision-making has not been great. His positioning has not been great. Uh, and that's not to say that he's a bad player. He has tremendous potential. I feel like I have to justify saying it because if you don't say that, people jump all over you. Young players go through slumps. And, and one of the Bayern executives, I think it was, it was, might have even been Nagelsmann actually, addressed it last weekend. Players do go through slumps like this, especially young players. We've seen Thomas Muller go through slumps and he's a, he's an established veteran. Like this happens. It doesn't mean that he's going to stay in this form, but it's okay to say he has not been good and he hasn't. So I think the best thing that, that Byron can do to support him right now is let him try and play through it. But if he continues to put the team in positions where they can potentially be hurt by his play, I think that Nagelsmann will start to look at different ways to use other players there if he needs to. But as as of now, I think, you know, Davies is still the man. They're going to try and let him work out of this. And I, and I think that's a smart move. He's a, by all accounts, great attitude and a hard worker from what we hear. And I think that uh, his ability to change games, especially offensively, 
gives him something that most other players at that position cannot bring to the table. So we'll stick with him there. As as we hit the the midfield portion of this, I'm going to go myself off the rails a little bit. I'm going to say Leon Goretzka will be part of that, but I'm also going to predict that Leroy Sané plays a central role this week. And I know that sounds weird, but it's not something that we haven't seen before. And in fact, you could probably point to something looking more like a, you know, a 4-1-4-1 at different points, I guess, depending on how Nagelsmann lines these, these lines the players up. But uh, as part of that, that, that midfield portion of this, Gretzka and Sané, I think will get the call. Gretzka, you know, because they're playing Bochum, I think that it's not as big a deal to have that deep support in the midfield that we might like to see on a normal basis. Uh, so if Goretzka chooses to to play his box-to-box role and Sané gets involved high in the attack, I don't think it's going to kill the team like it would against a higher-level squad. So uh, Goretzka and Sané in the midfield, I know it sounds weird. It sounds weird me even saying it, but... I think that's how it's going to work out. The next layer up that attack in this 3-4-2-1, I think Musiala and Muller will be working in some kind of partnership there. Of course, we could see Nagelsmann reverse the top of this attack and go with a 3-4-1-2. We've seen that as well, uh, where Muller and the person I'm predicting to play striker, Eric Maxim Chupo-Moting, could man the top of the formation. But I think Muller, because he's more comfortable sitting a little bit deeper, Along with Musiala, they play those roles so well and they play off each other so well that letting Chupo be the main target at the top of the formation just makes sense. I think that's what it will ultimately look like no matter what the lineup graphic says. So just to repeat that, Jan Sommer in goal, back three of Matthijs De Ligt, Dio Upamakano, and Benjamin Pavar, wing backs of Alfonso Davies and Jao Central midfield consisting of Leon Gretzka and Leroy Sané. Attacking midfield of Jamal Musiala and Thomas Muller and Eric Maxim Chupo Moting at striker. As for a prediction on this match, uh, it's always tough to predict Bayern these days because every time Nagelsmann changes the formations up or he mixes the players around, there is a little bit of a learning curve there. No matter how much they might work on it in training or how good or experienced these players are, there is a little bit of a ramp-up period. That said, I'm expecting Bayern to come out firing. I'm expecting them to come out attacking. And I think they're going to put up four goals on Bochum. I'm predicting a 4-0 victory for Bayern Munich. I think it's a good way for the team to work through some of those issues it, it had been having in the attack and also defensively hopefully they can get everything ironed uh ironed up ahead of PSG which we all know is the really important match coming up so uh Bayern Munich has its has its work cut out for it with PSG but it's got to get through VfL Bochum first and I think they will with relative ease for nil victory that's about it for the preview show I will of course come back with the weekend warm-up podcast which will drop on Thursday And that will include all the latest and greatest news of the week and get you ready for the weekend. And we'll probably hit on PSG a little bit, uh, just a little bit of talk about that. I'm not going to spend as much time as, say, our flagship show would, uh, but I do have some thoughts on that as well. So as always, you can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our tweet meister, Tom Adams, at TommyAdams71, and you can get... 
I need no name at BFWINNN. Get all of our talented writers and podcasters at BavarianFootballWorks.com. We're doing some great work hitting the just massive amount of news that's going on right now. We're adding our commentaries into some of these situations. Uh, if you hit the site now, you'll see the commentary I had up, at, kind of taking a look at this whole Manuel Neuer versus the club situation that's going on right now. So if you have some thoughts on that, Hit that post up and drop some in the comments. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, If you want to, drop your predictions on what this match could turn out to be, and you can put those in the comments of the post that will accompany this podcast as well. So that'll do it for me. I'll be back at you with the Weekend Warm-Up Podcast. And until that point, I'll see you next time.